welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I love this time of the year. I'm going to teach on something you probably heard me teach on before, but I believe it'll be in a new light, and I believe you'll get something out of it. I love this time of the year because it's almost like a reset. I love it in the church, but I love it in my own life as well. I'm always sad when my kids go back to school, but I'm always glad when it brings back structure. There's some of y'all, your kids are out of school, and so this may not... uh, be vital to you, but those of you that do have kids in school, it, it's amazing how it brings structure back into your life of routines and things that you're doing. Like you'll see an uptick on Sunday mornings of a lot more people being in church just because it's like they get back in the routine of, all right, kids are in school, we need to get back in church. And people vacation through the summertime, they even vacation church, and we will love them. We may uh, point our fingers at them and throw stones at them when they walk through the door, but we'll love them, praise the Lord, when they come back. And so this is a great time, and I'm excited about this time of the year, and and, uh, what we do at the beginning of the year every year, those of you that have been a part of this house of Reno of Life for years, I have, well, we, Pastor Brandy and I took over the church in 2019 from Pastors Ty and Luann, but even before that, he would go on sabbatical for five years before that, and we would be in charge of the church from like January to March. And one of the things that I've always pushed y'all with at the beginning of the year is fasting and praying. And uh, I was an idiot in the beginning, and I would, I would charge the church to pray for, fast and pray for 21 days. They're like, you don't want us to eat for 21 days? You are a psychopath, all right? So then the Lord wised me up, and I went to the book of Daniel, and it said, just like we're reading right now, he said, test me for 10 days. And I said, yes, Lord, 10 days. And, uh, and then I wisened up even more and brought to you this last year a week, praise the Lord, just to get more people on board because I believe in a fasting and prayer. And this year, while we were fasting, the Lord really got on to me, and he said, you only fast one time out of the year, son. It needs to be more than that. And, and it was like I had this visual in my mind. What if the only time that I ate was Thanksgiving dinner and I had that for the rest of the year? How many of y'all know every day you've got to read the word? Every day you've got to be in prayer? Every day. Because the enemy is out there coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we, we, we and, and there's uh, disciplines that the Lord has for us in our walk with Christ. And this is a part of them. And I'm going to show you that tonight. But just talk, going back to this time of year, I'm excited because we're starting up some new groups. Um, Wayne and LaVonda, you have your group on what night? Second and fourth Tuesday at their home, if you're looking for a Bible study to be a part of, it's called Life Support. I like it, all right? <clears throat> if you need a raft right now, go to their house. They'll, they'll get you out of the water. Uh, Margaret has a group that's here. I wish I knew all the times. That, is it second and fourth? First and third. Tuesdays, all right, here at the church. Actually, it's in my office for ladies. We have a young married group. Pastor Brandy have it at our home. We have a mid-married group. Now we have an old married group. Uh, sorry. Uh, with, the, with, with the berries, the, you guys are going to be so blessed uh, by, that, by that group. We have singles. And so, hey, there is so m- Am I missing some? Am I missing any? Singles? We, we got that? Huh? Yeah, I already said that. But this is a great time for you to get involved. And and I just feel in my spirit, just as I'm preaching right now on being marked, I feel in my spirit, it's so important that we be prepared of this upcoming year. Y'all, I'm telling you, I'm not saying this because I'm scared, because I am not. I'm saying this because if all of us stand together, we'll make a difference. Not one can. I can't do it by myself. I'm trying to put, come on, lying like faith on the inside of you to not put up with some garbage that they're going to try to put down our throat this next year. But if you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. If you know anything about the Gospels, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all come from different dialects, and they all have a share a different message. And um, <clears throat> talking about these words of Jesus, but in Matthew chapter 5, Even going back to Revelation chapter 4, when the Apostle John saw a sea of glass and he saw four faces, he saw the face of a lion, he saw the face of uh, the ox, he saw the face of the eagle, or the man in the face of the eagle. 
And you see those all in references of faces of Christ. In the book of Matthew, you see the lion. Going back to the book of Judah, or going to the back of book of Genesis, when Jacob uh, passed the baton on to his fourth son, Judah, because he had no sin. And you go back to the book of Revelation, where it says, Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And you look at the uh, life of a lion. What he does is when he attacks, he rips things apart before he eats it. And we see the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus comes in. And if you know anything about Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you see that Jesus is a lion right here because he is setting establishment of a kingdom that he is going to be the king in. And he's saying uh, that there's going to be some new rules and there's going to be new things that we go by. And in Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, we see uh, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they, they shall be filled. He, he, he talks about money and all these different things. But in chapter 6, he talks about three disciples that every believer ought to have. And the first one's found in verse 3. He said, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 3, coming from the lion here, Jesus. He says, but when you give, everybody say give. This is a discipline of every believer that it should have, that you should have. Notice he, just, he didn't say, I'm, I'm shooting, I really don't have any notes tonight, I'm shooting from the hip, because this, uh, this is coming from my heart tonight. He, notice he says this, he, he doesn't say, if you give, he says, when you give. How many of y'all know we as believers need to be givers? Luke 6, 38, he says, give and it'll be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, uh, shall men give into your bosom. He sets a precedence of giving. And how many of y'all know Jesus is the example? I want to talk about the three when you's and three disciplines here in just a minute. But the first one is when you give. The second one is when you pray. And the last one is when you fast. But the first one, when you give, aren't you thankful that Jesus was the example of praying, fasting, and giving? How many of y'all know he gave sight to the blind? Amen? He, he, uh, he, he poured out. The Bible said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So he says, when you give to the poor and do acts of kindness, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give in complete secrecy, Me, meaning this, that this is between you and God. Not, not to be boastful. Not to, not to give you praise, but that the Lord would be praised. Amen? So that your charitable acts will be done in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There's a great message in behind that. A uh, great story of giving is definitely the, um, uh, the good Samaritan. But let's move on to uh, the second one, the second discipline that ought to be in every believer. It's found in verse 6. It says, but when you pray, everybody say pray. Notice again, it doesn't say if you pray. He is he's establishing something here, not asking us to pray, but he's saying if you call me by my name, and if you're a believer, you call yourself a Christian, this is something that you do. You don't rely on somebody else to do that. I'm asking you to pray. And I'm going to talk about prayer in just a minute, but he says, but when you pray, go into your most private room, close the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. The third one's found in verse 17. It says, but when you fast, this is not something that I came up with. This is not something that I would come up with. I love to eat. I enjoy it. Can I get an amen from all the eaters out there? Life challenge, you ought to say glory to God. Hallelujah, all right? But he says, when you fast, put oil on your head as you normally would to groom your hair and wash your face. I love that he puts in here. Because lots of times I've been around people before, they, they walk around like a monk, like holier than thou. What's going on with you? Oh, I'm fasting. All right? Just because you're fasting doesn't make you weird and sloppy. He's saying, when you fast, comb your hair, look like a gentleman, do, go about your normal business, don't bring attention to yourself, because the attention should be drawn to me. It says, so that your fasting will not be noticed by people, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Everybody say three. These are three disciplines that every believer ought to have. When you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Now open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. We're going to see an example of both prayer and fasting. Because I'll tell you this, if you just fast and don't pray, you're starving yourself. All right? 
How many of y'all need breakthrough in your life? How many of y'all need an answer to prayer? Can I tell you from example, can I tell you from, from experience tonight, that times that I've needed a breakthrough, I've told Pastor Brandy, all right, it's time to go to the closet. It's time to pray and fast. Can I tell you there's times that I've prayed and fasted for some of you in the room. Something I need to happen inside of my body. I've prayed and I've fasted. I'm telling you this tonight because I believe it works. And we see the example here. I love this whole series right here from Matthew 16 to Matthew 17. Because this is an area where Jesus is preaching. It's in Caesarea Philippi. And if you know anything about this particular place of Caesarea Philippi. This is a place that before this time. There was an era where they, they had a pagan god of Pan. And they would call down demons from the underworld. And there was actually an earthquake that took place there. And there's a stream if you go today. I can't wait to go. Pastor Brandy and I are going to Israel November the 28th. We're excited to go. <clears throat> but there was a stream that goes, uh, one of the streams that goes to the Jordan from this particular place at Caesarea Philippi. But at, because of uh, the place of where it was, there was a lot of demoniac people there. Because of the, the how many of y'all know you can be in the wrong place at the wrong time? How many of y'all know you can open up doors to things that you were even innocent about? That's why it's so important that you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, guiding you where you are. I mean, don't just be going in. It ought to grieve your spirit to go in Spencer's inside the mall. Is Spencer's still there? I don't know if it is or not. But I'm telling you, there's some demonic stuff inside of there. Can I tell you? But what I love about it, at Caesarea Philippi, a place that was full of devils, a place that was probably full of people that were hallucinating and caught up in witchcraft and magic, he said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Aren't you thankful for the church tonight? Come on, who's thankful for the church? How many of y'all know it's a perfect place for imperfect people? How many of y'all can lift your hand and say, at one time I had a devil on me that was depression. Maybe it was a devil of, of um, an alcoholic or drugs. or what, And you've been redeemed from that garbage. Upon this rock, woo, isn't that good? I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Praise the Lord. Now, it's in the same area. There's obviously demons here. It says in verse 14 of chapter 17. When they approached the crowd, a man came up to Jesus. Remember, they, they just come back from the Mount of Transfiguration where they met with, G, you know, where, where Jesus um, was up on the mountain there with Peter, James, and John. And, uh, you know, that's where his clothing becomes white as light. And, and uh, you know, while they're up there, Peter's like, hey, let's just stay in this place. So how many of y'all know sometimes when you're coming off of a high point... So they're at the Mount Transfiguration where, the, where, where, where God is speaking to them. I mean, we see in verse 5, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased and delighted. Listen to him. How many of y'all know this is a moment? How many of y'all have ever been in those high moments before where like, I heard from God. God used me. He opened a door. There was breakthrough. But how many of y'all have been in that place before where you went from breakthrough and the car crashed the next day. Well, this is what's happening right here in verse 14. When they approached the crowd, so they come off this high place, a man came to them, up to Jesus, remember they're at Caesarea Philippi, kneeling before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic. Now, there may be some of y'all, he's laughing. Or she is. But how many of y'all have ever said that to the Lord before? Lord, my son, he's a lunatic, all right? This, this word's for you. Moonstruck. I, I had a toddler at one time. I thought he was a lunatic too. And suffers terribly, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. He's full of devils. And I brought him to your disciples, and they were not able to heal him. And Jesus answered. Aren't you thankful Jesus answers? He says, you unbelieving, if you have an old King James, it's you faithless and perverted generation they couldn't cast it out so this is what jesus calls them he says you faithless everybody say faithless everybody say perverted you faithless and perverted generation how long shall i be with you how long shall i put up with you bring him here to me jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at once then the disciples came to jesus privately and asked why 
Could we not drive it out? He answered, because of your little faith. For I assure you and most solemnly say to you, if you have living faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And if it is God's will, it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. How many of y'all know it's important that when you pray, you pray God's will? That's why it's important that you know the word of God. That's why it's important that you hear on a Wednesday night. So, so we see the principles and teachings of the word. And then in verse 21, he said, but this kind, everybody say this kind. He said, this kind of demon does not go out except by prayer and fasting. We see the problem in verse 17. The problem is they are first faithless. Number two, they are perverted. But the answer to being faithless is prayer. The answer to being perverted is fasting. Let me explain this to you. Faithless. How many of y'all know uh, I, it built my faith Sunday morning when Wendell came up here and gave us a testimony of how God had healed his leg? If you weren't here on, on uh, Sunday morning, he was told back in the summer, I remember going to his house and praying for him. We prayed for him at his home. Had He had gotten a report where they wanted to take... He, he, he's an amputee um, and has a fake leg. He gets half-off pedicures, by the way. Um, I wish he was here to hear that. <laughs> uh, but anyways, they, they told him, that they said he has an infection inside of that bone, and we're going to have to take more of your leg. Well, he didn't want more taken off, so we laid hands on him prayed for him. Came up in the healing line, camp meeting. Anyways, he went back to the doctor. Long, long story short, he went back to the doctor and said, what we saw in the x-rays before is totally different today. All right? So that built our faith. Does it not? The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence. I just, how about we put out there, in the courts of faith... How would you be convicted of having faith? Because evidence is what convicts somebody at a trial. I've been thinking about that today. Heard the word evidence on Fox News and I thought to myself, what, what kind of evidence would be shown up in my life? I'll tell you what evidence would show that there's faith in your life is an active prayer life. Active, I'm telling you, prayer builds your faith, especially when you begin to pray and you write out a journal of what the things that you're praying, believing God for. I keep notes on my phone of people that I'm praying for and I'm checking on. And I believe this. I thank God for doctors and medicine and all those things, but I believe there is only one healer and his name is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And I believe when two or three are gathered in his name, he is in our midst. And the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And what builds my faith is prayer. And he also says perverted. He says, you faithless and perverted generation, the only way that this kind comes out is through by prayer and fasting. So faithless, the, the equation to get past you being faithless is a prayer life. The second one, perverted, is fasting. Here's why. And I'm going to get into some explanations about uh, uh, fasting here in a mo moment. But the reason that we fast is because we disconnect from the world. So prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. It's so important. I, I'm not saying that you can't have an effective prayer life without fasting. I'm not saying that. But he said this kind. I'm talking about breakthrough. I'm talking about dealing with some devils that may be inside of your kid's life. I'm talking about some things that are big, big, big. I'm talking about this kind. How many of y'all have ever had a this kind in your life? I'm talking about this kind. Faithless and perverse generation. He said this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. So prayer connects us to God. Write it down. Prayer connects me to God, but fasting disconnects me from the world. How many of y'all know there's times where we just need to disconnect? How many, how many of y'all know, and I'm telling you, when you fast, isn't it amazing? What, when, when I eat good food, we're, we're on our trip. We went to this place. If you ever go to Savannah, it's called Mrs. Wilkes Boarding House. And the only decision that you have to make when you sit down 
is whether you're going to have the sweet tea that's on the table or water or unsweet tea. But when in Rome, be a Roman and drink the sweet tea. Come on. Every morning, there is 600 pounds of fried chicken that's delivered there. 600 pounds, wasn't it? And at your table, there is 30 fixings. And you eat with complete strangers inside of this home. It's been going on since, was it 1920s? Where sailors would come in on, on leave and she would, it was just a grandma in the bottom of this house. And, she, and, and you have to get there early. We stood in line. It was well worth the wait. Why am I talking about this and asking you all to fast? <laughs> oh, my gosh. But when we left there, I rolled out of there. Y'all think Pastor Travis is going to go to a place that was 30 bucks, all you can eat? Bring as many bowls of banana pudding as you want. Homemade. Peach cobbler in Georgia, come on, somebody. Glory to God. Bring on the sweet tea. I had yams. I had sweet corn, cream of corn. (laughs) The Lord was speaking to me, but can I tell you, when we got out of there, isn't it amazing when you eat like that, you are in a fog. When I leave Brahms, I'm in a fog. When I have that triple, what is that? The, oh, it's got the, huh? The Sunday. But you know what? Isn't it amazing how food puts you in a fog? It puts you, food messes with you, does it not? I'm going to get to that here in just a minute. But he said, huh, it does mess with me. Praise the Lord. We're fasting tomorrow, so tonight we're going to Brahms. Come on, somebody, all right? I'm going to preach fast, so you listen to fast. Let's first talk about prayer, and I'm going to talk about fasting. Number one, prayer. There's a few things that I wrote down that it's important that during this time, and I, I, I want to tell you guys, we're going to fast. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm asking you to fast with us Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We come in Sunday, we're going to be burning hot and on fire. But, but tomorrow morning and Friday morning, I've opened the church. I'm going to be here at 7 o'clock, and we're going to corporately pray together. And on Saturday morning, it'll be at 8 o'clock, all right? I tried to make it a time where you could come and pray before. But, hey... Let's pray not only for us breakthrough in our life, but for as a body of Christ to God, God to do something. Amen. So first of all, write, write these down. I wrote five different things down tonight that I wanted to share with you. The Bible says in Mark 135, Jesus is the example of when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. And he says this in Mark 135. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out talking about Jesus and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. So when Jesus prayed, number one, if, you, if you're taking notes tonight, write this down. When Jesus prayed, first of all, he had a set time. And I want to encourage you in your prayer life, you need to have a set time. You need to set aside a time to pray. You, he, notice Jesus right here in Mark 135, he wasn't too busy to pray. You know what? I've just been casting out so many devils. I just, you know, I've just been raising people from the dead and healing the sick. No, he was able to do that because not only he was the son of God, but because he had a prayer life. Notice he, he had a set time here that um, he, he, nothing separated him from his prayer time. He wasn't just too active. You know, I'm, not, I'm just so successful, I don't have a time to pray. Luke 5, 16 says this, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. It was not spasmodic. He wasn't wishy-washy in his prayer life. We see in Luke 9, 18, it says, And it came to pass as he was alone praying, alone praying, alone praying, his disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? See, in Luke 9, 18, he was alone praying. And I want to ask you the same question tonight. Do you have a time that you set aside and you pray? If the Son of God makes time, made time in his life, Don't you think that you ought to have one as well? Life is busy. I get it. I promise you I'm as busy as any person in this room. But you can't afford not to pray. I left for Hereford, Texas this morning at 5.30. I got up at 5 and I prayed. I read my word. That was important to me before I got on the road. Especially to Hereford, Texas. Come on. Mark 135 says this, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Again, number two, number one, you have a set time. Number two, you have a place. You should have a place. You should have that. There is a chair down in my office where the Lord is in that chair. 
When we moved into our new home, we used to have it in our bedroom. And the Lord was in our bedroom. But Pastor Brandy kicked it out of our bedroom. It's kind of a sore subject for me. So then Noel put it up in his room where he played Fortnite. I cast every Fortnite devil out of that. And when he got out of the house and went to the Marine Corps, I put it back down in my chambers. How many of y'all know you ought to have a place where you pray? Jesus had the Garden of Gethsemane, the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Matthew 6 and verse 6, it says, But when thou prayest, this is old King James, enter into the closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father, which is in secret. This word closet here is the Greek word tem- temean, and it's progressed in history, but it means at first it was used to depict a secret place where one would hide his or her most valuable possessions. Isn't that good? But as time progressed, the word came uh, to describe a secure place where a person could put money or treasure for where your heart is, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I'm just saying, what if our treasure was in our time of prayer with the Lord? Such as a safety deposit box or a vault at the bank. This is... uh, But it represented a place so secure that no one would be able to break into or disrupt or steal this valuable possession. We ought to have this prayer closet. The word uh, also means is used in this verse to convey the idea of intimacy with God in prayer. So find a secure place where you can go to share your heart and soul with God. Matthew 26, 39, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. He fell on his face and prayed. Notice right here, number three. Write this down and write it down in caps. He prayed out loud. That's why I say every time we come together, I hope that you didn't come to listen to me pray, but I hope you came to get in agreement with me in prayer. Amen? Well, I don't know how to pray. Well, do you know how to talk? Because that's all it's going to take is you talking to the Lord. There is something that happens when you come together corporately and pray out loud. There is power. It's better to please God than please men. Right? Growing up, and I know this, um, I, I... Prayer is important to me because I grew up. I'm in, um, grew, growing up, being upstairs and in the living room. I could hear my mom and dad early. Still to this day, when you go stay with, we go stay with them. I, you can go down at five o'clock in the morning, and they are come on getting after it. In Luke eleven verse one, it says, "And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he." Uh, <clears throat> One of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Think about this. Why did the disciples ask him, teach us to pray? Because it was in in response of hearing him pray. How many of y'all know we as parents, we ought to be prayers? Amen? Luke 22, verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Number four, write this down. He prayed for people by name. His, his prayer was not just general, it was specific. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Listen to this story. During a church service, you may have heard it before, but give me a complimentary laugh. During a church service, a pastor asked if anyone in the congregation would like to express praise for answer prayers. Karen stood and walked to the podium. She said, two months ago, my husband, Randy, had a terrible bicycle accident and his scrotum was crushed. There was a muffled gasp from the men in the congregation. Randy was unable to hold, hold me or the grandchildren. She went on, and every move caused him terrible pain. We prayed as the doctors performed a delicate operation, and they were able to reconstruct the crushed remnants of Randy's scrotum using wire to reinforce and shape it. The men in the congregation cringed and squirmed uncomfortably. Now she announced in a quivering voice, Thank the Lord. Randy is out of the hospital, and the doctors say that with time, his scrotum should recover completely. All the men sighed with relief. The pastor rose up and asked if anyone else had something to say. This is a brave pastor, is it not? I stood up, walked closely to the podium, and said, I'm Randy. The entire congregation held their breath. (gasps) I just want to tell you, tell my dear wife the word is sternum. (laughs) Sternum. 
How many y'all know? <laughs> How many y'all know you should be specific when you pray? Come on. Call it out by name. Every day, you ought to pray for your kids. Go down the line. Lord, we pray for Noel. We pray for Addison Kate. Pray for Anson Travis. We pray for Atley Ketch. Come on. Amen? Because it connects your heart. God knows your heart, but here's the deal. It connects your heart. Every day, 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Our confidence is in the Lord. It's God's will for your family. Amen? Number five, write this down. Disciplines of prayer. Number five, prayed for, he prayed for and with others. In Matthew 17, he went to the mountain to pray. In Matthew 18, 18, this is a powerful text right here. He said, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they, you will ask, it shall be done from them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three, listen to this, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, they there am I in the midst of them. You know what I believe? I believe verse 20 is a reference to the verse two, first two verses. Where three or more are gathered in a name, isn't it amazing? You can bind things on earth, but when you get other people in the room and you build up big faith in the room, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Are you hearing me tonight? There is power in agreement. Let's say that one more time. There is power in agreement. <clears throat> one last thing I want to share with you, talking about prayer, and then I'm going to talk about fasting. How much time do I have? Oh, i got tons of time. What else are you all going to do? Go to Brahms? Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 3. You guys getting something out of this tonight? I'm going to ask you one more time. Y'all getting something out of this tonight or I'll shut up? I hope you are. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. Amplified. This is where it's at. I can't even read my Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. When you pray. We're talking about when you pray. May he grant unto you by your rich treasure and glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self. Woo! What a good verse. And dwelling in your inmost being and personality. Well, that's just not my personality. Let you get yourself a dose of the ghost. And how many of y'all know he can change that personality? Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through, through your faith and may you have having been deeply rooted and grounded in love. Let me back up. Number one, I see this in verse 16, that he granted you by rich treasure and glory, strengthening you, reinforcing you with might to your inner man, the Holy Spirit himself, energized with power through his spirit in your inner self. You can get a heavenly download of strength when you pray. This is a prayer right here. He's praying this. May he grant unto you. He's praying this for the church at Ephesus. You can get a heavenly download of strength when you pray. Number two, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and you having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love. You can have love, have a relationship of God's love so we can give it to other people. And I believe you can get this when you have a heart of prayer and you connect your heart with God. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. As you have that heart of prayer and you begin to, to seek the Lord, you get a connection for that person. You have a heart for that person that you're praying for. Amen? Verse 3, or, or sorry, verse 18. Be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints the width, the length, the height, and depth of his love. Fully experiencing amazing endless love. Verse 19. And that you may come to know practically through personal experience. This is such a good passage. The love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives completely filled and flooded with God himself. Number three, the presence of God. Number So we see in 16, you get a heavenly download of strength. Number two, you get a heavenly download of love. Number three, you get a heavenly download of his presence. Pray that you would be filled with the presence of God. The atmosphere changes when he walks in the room. 
And then we see in verse 20, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose, to do superabundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us, you get a heavenly download of your purpose for your life. How many of y'all know it's important to pray? I'm going to say it one more time. How many of y'all know it's important to pray? The next one, I'm going to talk about fasting here. You know, I was thinking about this. When I'm in an airport or anywhere in public, how many of y'all have a ring doorbell? Or you have something like a ring doorbell? All the chimes are the same. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, somebody's at their door, right? Uh, We have one in... in, um, it's amazing how, how many times that goes off. Because it depends on how you have your settings on your ring doorbell. of what, Whether somebody's just walking by or the UPS man or the Amazon guy and the Amazon guy and the Amazon guy and the Amazon guy. His name's Larry. He's a good dude, all right? comes over for lunch, breakfast, and dinner at our house all the time, all right? Yeah, Walmart, Walmart too, Walmart order, all right? And they they come to the door. What what I'm getting at is this. There is always someone coming to the door. And you know, at our house, they are either greeted with excitement or we ignore it, right? Look through there. How many of y'all, those, you know what I'm talking about? Like, you turn out all the lights on October the 31st. Am I the only house that does that? All right, that's what we do in our home. We, we shut the blinds and put up Christmas stuff because, right? Turn it, and, and like nobody's there. You can either ignore it, but there's also, but everyone that rings the doorbell, they are greeted by our grouchy old poodle, Chloe, and she just feels like she has to bark at everyone to let us know that someone's there. The reason I'm telling you this is that there's an alert that goes off, whether you're excited about it or not, depending on what it is. I begin to think about this. Every day, there is something that's knocking on the door of your life. And how you go to that door is whether or not it's going to be full of excitement or dread. You can either answer the door in faith or you can answer the door in fear. How many of y'all, every day, there is a phone call, there is a letter. There is something. I have a teenage daughter at home that I think she has magnifying glasses for glasses because everything is bigger than it appears. But you know what? It doesn't take a high school girl to be like that. In your life, I'm here here to tell you tonight, in your life, you can either answer the door in faith or you can answer the door in fear. I'm going to say it one more time because I'm talking about like... You know that drama? You know what I'm talking about right now. That drama. Like you're thinking about something right now. I know that he knows that I know he knows. Right? Don't even make me go down that road. There is something. You can either answer the door in faith or in fear. Can I tell you, when you go through times of fasting, I can't help but open the door in faith. Because I'm ridding myself of distractions. The goal of fasting is this. It's drawing near to God. And eliminating distractions. It's hitting the reset button and getting rid of cobwebs. Now there's different kind of fasting. How many of y'all have ever fasted with us before? Alright. How many of you have not fasted with us before? Alright. I'm going to go through some of them. Cody, you be listening. Taking notes. Number one, you can do a complete fast. In fact, Thomas, I think you did this last year and the first of the year. You just drank nothing but water for a week, right? You the man. I I I drank. Uh, I did a complete fast. Other than there was uh, a few times shoeing horses that uh, the room was spinning. And also, be careful about this. If you 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 have some health things going on that you've got to, I mean, don't be foolish about this. Amen. Be wise about this. But, uh, but, and so there would be times where I've been down, it's like, man, I've got to have some protein, so I would drink a protein shake. 
But I would drink. So this would be like a complete fast because I didn't drink. I didn't eat any food for a week. In this next three days, this is what I'm going to do. And the reason I'm saying this because you've got to put it in your heart right now. This is what I'm going to do and make a stance. This is how I'm going to fast. It's just like when you go on a diet and you choose to diet. Somebody's going to call you to go to the steakhouse and they're buying. Amen. Am I not kidding? Somebody's going to say, hey, we should go to Baskin-Robbins tonight and try all 31 flavors. Amen. Let's do it. Praise the Lord. I'll start my diet tomorrow, right? I'm telling you, because you've got to determine in your heart right now, this is how I'm going to fast, all right? Uh, number two is a selective fast. Maybe I, I've done the 21-day Daniel fast before where you eat nothing but things from the ground, and so it, you just select things. Maybe there's some things that are diet. And can I say this about fasting? Let me just go ahead and throw this out there. It ought to stretch you. It ought to be a little bit painful. Come on. There's been people before, you know what, Pastor, I've drank, I smoke Marlboro Reds, and I'm going to go to menthols. Praise the Lord. All right? No, that's not fasting. I, <laughs> I, every day I drink the tall boy Dr. Pepper's. And I don't know if they make tall boys, but, uh, you know, the big boy, Dr. Peppers. And, you know, during this fast, the Lord's just called me to do the little bitty ones, only about nine of them a day. Praise the Lord. That is not fasting. All right. <clears throat> it ought to stretch you a little bit. It should, should pull on you like, oh, this is a little bit hard. All right. So a selective fast is you select certain things and you're not going to go out of that. Or you could do a partial fast like the Jews. They only eat certain times of the day. Like I know my parents. Uh, when they fast, and they're a little bit older in age, and so this is good for them, but they don't eat anything from 6 to 6. So after 6 p.m., it's on. But can I tell you, that is hard not to eat from 6 to 6. It really is. Uh, are you? This is one I encourage everyone in the room to do. Do a soul fast. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm not going to go down the, the political rabbit hole on X or Twitter because I'm erasing it off of my phone, and I'm getting... And how I many of y'all know, I'm going to erase Instagram, Facebook, all of it. My phone is going to be for a phone. And can I tell you this? When I fast, I feel like I'm a better husband. I feel like I'm a better dad. Isn't it amazing? This truly is the knowledge of good and evil right here. How I many of y'all know there's dads out there that are piss poor dads? I shouldn't have said that. But they're terrible dads. Come to real talk with Pastor Travis tonight. All right. Hey, and I do want to tell you guys this: that uh, we are, uh, me and Pastor Brandy, we're starting a podcast. Might get a little raw on there, and I'm excited about it. All right, with Cody. Anyways, they're terrible parents. That sounds better. Praise the Lord. Thank you for sanctifying me, Lord. Away with the flesh, in with the spirit. But they're terrible dads because they sit around and look at this all night long and they have kids that need their attention. I'm telling you, a fast would be good for each and every one of you. Distracted. There's, there's distractions of the world. How many of y'all know you could be reading a good book instead you thumb through Instagram of things that don't make you better? Thank you. Any more amens out there? Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. All right. Uh, you know, you can read about fasting all through the, the Old Testament where uh, Ezra fasted. You see in Nehemiah, he fasted. New Testament through the book of Acts, the church at Antioch. But there's some values in fasting that show us uh, the benefits of this practice. Number one, it's the value of self-discipline. How many of y'all know we all need self-discipline? 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Be diligent. We need diligence in our life. And this will make you diligent to when you wake up in the morning. I, it's amazing to me. JC, he's a terrible influence. He gives me a fireball. And what's the other thing? Go ahead and give me one. I don't start fasting until tomorrow. Praise the Lord. But, uh, and, and a Werther's original right here. All right? Oh, well, that's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. Give me another one. Praise the Lord. You know what I do? I put these, I, I put these right in my mouth and I don't even think about it. Right? Now I want you to think about this in a spiritual sense. What are things that you're putting in here, in here, that's coming out of here that you don't even think about? 
And fasting makes you think like, oh, I can, I got to walk by that bowl of candy in Heidi's office. The mint's back here. Not just one. I put five in my pocket. Like even Hall's cough drops. I don't suck on them. I eat them. And I do that just not even thinking about it. They just go in. Piece of bubble gum. I like when you even, like real fast, it does, I mean, I guess we should all have bad breath together. Praise the Lord. But I'm not saying you can't have gum. I I don't think it ought to be legalistic or anything like that. But it ought to stretch you and it make you thinking about what am I putting on the inside of me. Number two. You, you, you go from I have to do this to this is what I do and this is what I get to do. See, if we're not careful, we'll go through our walk with Christ. Even my time of reading in the morning. You know what shocked me? It's Pastor Brandy. She has one right here. And if you don't have a daily reading plan, she found this. What was it? 99 cents. And I love it. Because every year I, I, I read a different translation of the Bible. Last year I read the King James Version. I thought I was the year was never going to end. But... I had a new translation this year, but it says 15 minutes a day. I cannot read my daily writing, reading in 15 minutes. And I read a lot, and I can read, but I don't want to limit my time with God and check off the list of, oh, here's all the scriptures that I read today. When you fast, it opens your eyes a little bit more of, you know what, I don't have to do this, but I'm choosing to do this because I, got, I want God To show up big in my life. Number three is this. uh, It's an abiding benefit of this practice of fasting. Is number three. The ability to do without things. How many of y'all know we as Americans are spoiled? Are we not? You know I was thinking about it this the other day. Water. There's some of y'all in here. Your kids would not drink out of the water faucet. I grew up drinking out of the water faucet. Didn't think anything of it. And the hose. Come on. I promise you our kids today to be like, oh, my God. Nasty. Me all know they are spooled generation. I, I went to Granny's house uphill in the snow barefoot. Praise the Lord. All right. Number four is this. When you fast, I'm going to tell you right now, your enhancement of appreciation of things. You will, the, it's the enhancement of our appreciation of things. You wake up, you'll say, you know what? Because your attention is now to the Lord. And you'll say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 107 says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Philippians 4.12, Passion Translation, listen to this. I know what it means to lack. And I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I've found that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. The thing about fasting, last thing is this. And I hope, this is what I want you to see in Matthew 17. He said, you faithless and perverse. How you get more faith is prayer because it connects you to God. And how you do away with perverseness is you disconnect from the world. Only this kind comes by prayer and fasting. And so, I just want to leave you with this. The natural unlocks the supernatural. How I many of y'all know it's one thing to just pray, but if we don't do anything, if we just sit on our butts and pray and go, don't go out and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, people will not be reached. How I many of y'all know we need to pray for souls to come into the kingdom of God? And we've got to do something in the natural Go out and get them for the supernatural be done in their life. Amen. All throughout scripture he talks about this. And this is one of the ways that you can do this. And I, I, and I will tell you this. With new levels come new devils. Right? But I'm believing God for this. With new levels comes angel power working on the inside of me. Amen. I'm going to believe that with all my heart. So I'm saying this. We're going to start fasting and praying tomorrow. I want to invite each and every one of you as a family to do that. Uh, um, and make a decision tonight. This is, this is what we're going to fast. I, w- I want to encourage you to fast. We'll be done by Sunday so you can watch football. Praise the Lord. 
or, or whatever it is that you do. But Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, it's just three days, you can do away with some things. Self-discipline. Let's disconnect from the world, but let's also seek the Lord from 7 to 8. How many of y'all know it'll move the heart of God if we pick all three days before work, come up here, 7 to 8, pray? Just three times. I'm not asking you to do this for three weeks. Although there was a time, didn't we do it, Teresa, for three weeks? Remember that? That was my crazy experience. For three weeks, we came up here in the mornings. Remember that, Don? For three weeks, 21 days, we fasted and prayed. I'm asking you, can you stretch yourself to get up just a little bit earlier, come up to the church house, 7 o'clock from 7 to 8, let's pray together, seek the Lord. I believe it's going to move the heart of God. Amen? And what it's going to do is prepare our hearts for when someone or that thing knocks on your door, I'm going to answer it in faith and not in fear. Amen? Y'all get something out of the word tonight? Let's not be faithful and or faithless and perverse. Let's be a people that praise and fast. Amen. Lord, I thank you for this time together tonight. Lord, I just pray that uh, you moved in the lives of people. Lord, I just pray that right now they're, they're setting their hearts, preparing their hearts. Maybe they don't have anything big they need to believe God for, but Lord, I just pray that you, they would have a desire to seek first the kingdom of God, to go to new levels, to new heights, to new places. And Lord, as we do this, I pray that it moves the heart of you. And God, that there is revival, revival, revival. We pray that revival is here in Jesus' name. We pray that there is a shakening that's happening, an awakening that's happening across this land. And Lord, I just pray that uh, um, you would open eyes to see and ears through all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you in the morning at 7 a.m. Praise the Lord. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.